Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. This tariff conversation is no joke. You have got senators, members of Congress, every side of the aisle working overtime to work a deal to not have a 50% tariff, which is a tax. Tariffs are always taxes. Placed on American whiskey. This is supposed to go into effect January 1st, 2024. This could be on wine and other imports uh, by 2026. It's a real issue. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. And not just one that Senator Young is working on. Senator Manchin, You've got Cortez Masto, you've got uh, Kane out of Virginia, you've got Rand Paul working together to try and get this done. Now, understand, whiskey is different than bourbon. All bourbons are whiskeys, but not all whiskeys are bourbons. That's the way that one goes. And also, bourbon only comes from the United States. It's an American product, solely and completely. Um. It is not that there isn't a tremendous desire for these products in the U.S. There is. I mean, what has happened in, 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 in whiskey and bourbon, not just because of COVID, but in the decade before that, it's just, it's just absolutely incredible. And, and not necessarily a, an end in sight. And there are still plenty of American consumers But the last thing in the world you want to do if you are a manufacturer is find that you have a market that's now being, for no other reason, taken away. So this is what Senator Young is talking about in this letter that that they wrote. We write today to request an expedited agreement with the European Union to secure the permanent removal of retaliatory tariffs on spirits and wines. We are deeply concerned that a lack of permanent solution risks the reimposition of tariffs of ta- of tariffs. In 2022 alone, US distilled spirit exports reached 2.06 billion dollars. And these tariffs will hurt. And that's real jobs. So, I hope they get this done. I really and truly do. Uh, as for uh, keeping it uh, a little closer to home, can we say, yes, we can, by the way, thank you so much, uh, without any question that there's a problem in new fields greater than anybody is telling us, you now have more resignations over at new fields, the museum, the CEO, all of a sudden the CEO, uh, Dr. Burnett is gone, Colette Pierce Burnett. 
Well, why was she gone? Then you've got um, members of the board of trustees resigning. Questions about the economics. Questions about fiduciary responsibility. Then you find out that four members of the board of governors have resigned. I'm a founding member of the Board of Governors at Newfields. In this season, I'm not able to lead as we designed. That's the reason for me stepping away. That is a quote from Melina Bacon, who's a founding member. My decision is being driven by the Board of Trustees repeatedly not engaging the Board of Governors in critical decision-making within our collective board work. That's Chris Gall. Visit Indy, Chris Gall. You want to talk about a guy who is decent on decent, it's Chris Gall. An important figure in the Indianapolis landscape. And he is, is, is stepping away because of issues with decision-making. Darian Christian leads the, the museum. What the hell is happening over there? What is going on? And why are any of us just willing to accept this. There is a full-on scandal happening at Newfield. And if you say to me, Tony, you don't know that, well, nobody knows that because they're not talking. And they need to talk. Because what we're seeing looks really bad. You got the, the CEO leaves, and we don't know whether she was asked to leave or whether she left of her own volition. You got board members leaving from the trustees and the board of governors, fiduciary issues, no one's communicating with us properly. Oh, I got questions, and I need people who will speak to me. Uh, uh, Privately, uh, publicly, on the record, off the record, I got to know what's going on. We need to know what's going on with Newfield. This is bad. This is really bad really bad and we got to find out what's happening tony katz that's me by the way 93 wibc good morning well i disagree with noah rothman i don't think the debate last night ended in a draw i just don't think the debate last night was great and i heard a couple people say Uh, This debate proves to me that Megyn Kelly needs her own TV show. Were we watching the same debate? I'm not even mad at Megyn Kelly. I just didn't think that was the case. I didn't think anything was great about this. There was a tremendous amount of of crosstalk. I didn't think the questions were exceptional. I thought they were standard. Maybe I should just be thankful that they were about things Republicans might be interested in. But I don't think Megyn Kelly outshone Elizabeth Vargas. I don't think she outshone Elenia Johnson from Washington Free Beacon. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC, good morning. I watched the same debate you did. But the idea, and you've heard Noah on on the midday show, and we disagree about a fair number of things. There were no clear victors, no obvious losers. I don't believe that to be true. If you say to me that one person clearly was above everybody else, 
No, people are going to have their own thoughts and ideas to it. But if you ask me who won that debate yesterday, it was Ron DeSantis by a country mile with Chris Christie in second. Now, before you get crazy, because I hear you, I know you better than you know you. You hear me talking about Chris Christie and you go crazy. No, God! OMG, are you no, kidding me right God, now? Please, no! No! <laughs> no! <laughs> no! <laughs> It's that nutty. By the way, I assume at, at once you hear all that, um, that that's that must be what it's like to have a seizure. That's an ear seizure. I have to assume that's what that is. Um, don't get me wrong, Chris Christie is not getting the nomination. But I stated that none of these people in the last debate went after Trump, and I believe that's what you're going to have to do. He's at least the guy who did it. You can tell me that you don't think that the the the, the strategy will work I, I we can discuss that but he at least did employ the strategy he was clear about trump uh can't do it and i think one of the most interesting exchanges was the idea of whether or not trump is fit this is the popcorn moment let's go let's go let's go it's a story you need to hear to believe then grab your popcorn because there is more um we stated Months ago, that age is going to come into this uh, election. Age is going to be a subject. All the people who scream ageism are a bunch of tools. They don't, they don't count. They don't matter. Just put them to the side. Of course, this is going to be a subject. Well, it is. It is because the question was asked to Ron DeSantis, um, is, is Donald Trump fit? Ron DeSantis' answer is, look, uh, father time comes for everyone, and I don't think a guy uh, pushing 80 is the right choice. Now, that is a solid statement. But as Chris Christie points out, in a moment of gotcha, that is, uh, that is, is acceptable because it wasn't an answer to the question. You have to answer whether Donald Trump is fit. That's different than whether or not he's too old. Why isn't he just answering the question? The question was very direct. Is he fit to be president or isn't he? The rest of the speech is interesting, but completely non-responsive. And if we were in a courtroom, they'd strike the answer and say, Governor DeSantis. No, they would. They would say that. You're a smart man. No, they would. No, they wouldn't. They would strike the answer because you're not answering it. Is he fit? You have your thing. Is he fair? Isn't he? No, I don't have my thing. He's the thing. Is he fair? Isn't he? You're talking about him being 80 years old. Doesn't mean that somebody is he fit? Elected. That's the people. Governor DeSantis. Governor DeSantis. Governor DeSantis. Governor DeSantis. Ron. I think we have an opportunity to do somebody who is in the primary. Now, I agree with you. That's a lot of talking over each other. Ron DeSantis, when he talks about his record, Ron DeSantis, when he talks about his successes, he's got the record, he's got the successes, and that's what I'm voting on, that that can apply on a federal level. 
this was a very interesting exchange because it was maybe the only time in the debate and really the only time I can remember where DeSantis was aggressively put on his heels. I'm gonna let it continue a little bit longer. Uh, we'll do it. I'm gonna come to you, finish. Look, father time is undefeated. I don't know how he would score on a, on a test, but I know this, we have an opportunity to nominate someone and elect someone for two terms who's gonna be spitting nails on day one and for eight years so deliver you, you big results. We should think. not nominate somebody he won't who's, answer. Who's, who's, who's almost 80 years old. Okay. He's afraid to answer. No, I'm not. He's, no, you have to no. either, either you're afraid or you're not listening. No, it's not. There's a simple you don't, you question. Don't hear the Okay, I hear the question and I answer it. Is he fit or isn't he? I'll concede you're fit, Ron. You're a new generation. You're 44 <laughs> years old. I wish I was still 44 years old. Okay? 45. So, well, congratulations. I'd still take 45. Is he fit or isn't he? And this is the problem with my three colleagues. They're afraid to offend. And See, let me I wanna, tell you I wanna, something, I if, you're afraid, on, if you're afraid to offend Donald Trump, then what are you going to do when you sit across from President Xi, you sit across from the Ayatollah, you sit across from Putin? You have to be willing to offend with the truth. Okay. And now, that is the best Chris Christie has done in all of these debates in explaining why he should be the guy. That exchange is the very best he has done. DeSantis on his heels and him explaining, I'm the only guy willing to do this. It ain't gonna move enough voters. But if, if you wanna talk about somebody trying to differentiate themselves, that was it. That was, he took his shot. It will not be enough. That is obvious because this was the only time it really happened uh, to a level of success in the debate. In all the other parts of the debate, DeSantis was able to well parry and put out his record of what we did in Florida and look at the good results. And I think the record is the most helpful thing DeSantis has going, and it's why I say he won that debate last night. I don't know if any of it matters considering Trump's up by 50-something points. But uh, bring on Iowa, shall we? Of course, the Pacers are in Vegas, baby, for the NBA Cup. So keep an eye on that. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. It's the in-season tournament that's going on. And uh, the Pacers have an insane amount of offense and a horrific amount of defense. And yet, crushing. So they'll take on the Milwaukee Bucks today. That is not an easy task. Um, but you got to wish them well. And it's weird. It's a 5 o'clock game. It's a 5 o'clock game. So you get to listen to Hammer and Nigel while, while you watch. Because, you know, I mean, they'll probably be watching. I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if they should be really. Can someone get them some beer to do beer sample Thursday while they watch this game? A little something. 
Well, I, who am I? They, they probably have it handled. Uh, hopefully it means uh, some, some bars are, are going to have some pretty great happy hour opportunities. Good. Hope the Pacers do great. I hope for the city uh, they, they go to the finals and, and, and win uh, for, for this uh, NBA Cup. Without question, I hope uh, that works out. Now here comes the strangest thing I'm going to say all day. Oil, price per barrel, is under $70. I hate Illinois Nazis. Sorry, that is not the correct response. This would be the correct response. Holy cow. We were at, at, at 100. We were teetering with that number. We're now under 70. West Texas Intermediate right now is at 69.85. The Brent crude is 74.86. What's happening? What is happening? Well, it could have something to do with the fact that the issues in China regarding production, the issues with recession in Europe and other places, have meant less need because there's less manufacturing and therefore less shipping. So where there's less need, the price goes down. That could absolutely be true. I would like to see the price of, of oil go down per barrel because of just our own production here in the United States and other worthy nations putting pressure on OPEC to bring down the price. That'd be great. I, I think we'd all be far, uh, far better off. So with that, I, I'm, I'm going to keep an eye. Uh, I only hope we're seeing lower gas prices. I I, I haven't left uh, I've left the house in a few days, so I, I I don't know. I have no idea where gas prices are right now. So do do we have this? We usually have it over wibc.com. We usually have where gas prices are. I don't know where they are right now. Have they come Have they come down? Because it would seem to me like. Uh, at under $70 a barrel, they should. And hopefully that makes things a little easier this holiday season. But as for what's really doing it, I got to assume it's that lack of need from these globalized recessions. And we should be clear, there are people still think it's coming to the U.S. They They still believe that's going to be the case. Let's see where the new jobs numbers are going to be. Uh, those will come out, I believe, on Friday. Um, and or, wait, were they? Yeah, I think they come out on Friday. And that might tell us a thing or two about a thing or two. Tony Katz at 93 WIBC. Good morning. Photographs Yesterday, President Biden was asked a question at the end of a... Of, of a press conference. And he was speaking uh, about Ukraine. And right now the Republican Party is saying no to the Ukraine funding because they want to ensure that the border is taken care of first. 
And some people are like, wait, so the Israel funding they'll do separately, but the Ukraine funding they want to tie with the border? Here we are. By the way, the Republican Party has got such a problem. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. You expelled Santos. And then Kevin McCarthy resigns. Yesterday, Kevin McCarthy said, thanks, I'm resigning at the end of the month. Goodbye. Not even fulfilling his term. For a guy who said, I don't quit, he just quit. And I asked some people who are in the know whether or not this was a revenge move to just make life difficult on Speaker Johnson. And they're like, he doesn't, he's not a revenge guy. Okay. He's going to go make millions of dollars in the private sector. And he at least has an argument. I was speaker. I was doing all the things. You don't want me? Okay. All right, I'll go. Bye. I, I, I did what was necessary. I did things that you're now okay with Speaker Johnson doing. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll leave now. By the way, Marjorie Taylor Greene going after uh, a Speaker Mike Johnson. Uh, in, in, a, in a discussion about what is going to get it accepted and done regarding the National Defense Authorization Act. I'll, I'll get into that another day. But right now, Republicans will not vote for a Ukraine deal until there is proper funding for the southern border. Democrats don't want this. As a matter of fact, they had to engage some maneuvering to allow themselves in the Senate to bring this back because they were defeated in the Senate. So this is, this is uh, some big stuff. And this is going to be a very large discussion. And Joe Biden was, of course, discussing this in this uh, press conference the other day. I just did a meeting with the G7, which was one of the issues we discussed. All the European leaders, we are prepared to stay with us, stay with Ukraine. And our European friends are as well. Who in the United States is prepared to walk away from that? I tell you, I'm not prepared to walk away. And I don't think the American people are either. If Putin takes Ukraine, he won't stop there. It's important to see the long run here. He's going to keep going. He's made that pretty clear. If Putin attacks a NATO ally, if he keeps going, and then he attacks a NATO ally, well, we've committed as a NATO member that we defend every inch of NATO territory, then we'll have something that we don't seek and that we don't have today. American troops fighting Russian troops. American troops fighting Russian troops if he moves into other parts of NATO. He's making the argument that we're better off funding Ukraine to keep American troops from being in. I understand this argument all too well. But it was at the end of this that he is asked about his association with Hunter Biden's business associates, his son's business associates, and talking to them. Emails that have been proven between Joe Biden and these associates and private email servers and hiding the information. I I think you have to see the video to capture it all, but I think the audio does a pretty good job of giving you the essence of what I'm about to get into. Listen. 
countries, Biden on Ukraine and also China. Uh, there's polling by the Associated Press that shows that almost 70% of Americans, including 40% of Democrats, believe that you acted either illegally or unethically in regards to your family's business interests. Can you explain to the Americans, uh, to Americans amid this impeachment inquiry, why you interacted with so many of your son and brother's foreign business associates? I'm not going to comment that I did not, and it's just a bunch of lies. You didn't interact with many of their business associates? I did not. There's what? lies. In that, just a bunch of lies, he looks lost, he looks frail, he looks desperate, and I think this will be the start of his team not even allowing questions to be asked. He will walk out of every room. The idea that he will show up alone to deal with the press, I think that's over. The bunker mentality is is going to start today from that, yesterday. You got to see it. Just a bunch of lies. That's not an answer. That's nowhere close to an answer and it's not lies that's the that's the point and i and i i've said this before i i i will make sure i, I double down i think that the odds of actually moving towards impeachment are 50 50 that they're going to officially open the impeachment inquiry well okay if somehow uh, if somehow you you feel that that uh, that's necessary, as Speaker Johnson has said, we'll go right ahead. But I'm talking about actually calling for the vote that would then move it to the Senate for the trial. That I'm 50-50 at right now. For sure. Uh, we are going to get into why the universities have to start firing presidents. I, I mean, you, you, you got to save yourselves. And how did you end up with all of these bigots running the universities? And the answer is, well, those are the only people you interviewed for the jobs. Who else were you going to get? I've got some more from the GOP uh, debate. I, I didn't think it was it was great. I thought the, I actually thought the third one was better. But I've got some more from it. And it is Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. And so uh, there was 82 years, 82 years since the attack on Pearl Harbor. Worthy of remembering those who lost their lives and those who responded the only way a nation should, with force and with victory. 